0: Wait, 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 hold up. We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is February 1st, 2021. Made it through a month. Made it through a month. Yes, sir. Barely. Barely. But we're here. <laughs> My name is Bill, and I'm joined here with Steve, as always. As always. Hello. How you doing? Well, you know, hanging in there.
1: <laughs> it's. Uh, we live in the United States.
0: Yeah. <laughs> in episode two of our uh syndicated radio show that we record in batches. Yes. I mean, it's not like I haven't seen you in like, you know, a week. Pretty sure we had a smoke break in between these two (laughs) weeks.
1: It's basically what separates these episodes.
0: (laughs) So in between the walk from the from my backyard into the podcast studio, have you encountered anything new or interesting this week? Um
1: yeah, conveniently I stumbled upon a new Rob Zombie album that's coming out March twelfth of this year. Uh obviously entitled something of ridiculous nature because that's what rob likes to do yep the album's called the lunar injection kool-aid eclipse conspiracy no shit that's Great. what it's called oh yeah <laughs> the uh the song that came out at this point in time is called the triumph of king freak a crypt of preservation and superstition king freak yeah it's um <clears throat> the thing with rob zombie is i'm um, i'm um, Lost Sex or Sisto with his White Zombie era is an absolute phenomenal album. I actually recommended it early on in this podcast. I love yep. that album. Rob Zombie Solo Shit it's more so for like the shock value, I think. Yeah. But the thing about Rob Zombie is because even in his movies, he's just my brand of B movie horror, I guess you could say, in his yeah. music videos. The music provides the feel because you're seeing the videos with the music, so your brain's starting to like comprehend those two things together. Yep. So when I listen to Rob Zombie music now, I just I get that eighties horror vibe every time I listen to it. And again, the song that came out, it's Rob Zombie. Yeah. I guess you could say he's his own brand Generic of music he's his own brand of music um, but again I talk about this all the time with artists that I've always loved and been familiar with I'm always going to give their new music a shot Yeah. you know there's a certain band that we discuss on this podcast multiple times and every time they've come out with an album and I still listen to them and I'm still disappointed Yeah. but when they put out new music I still fucking listen like an asshole you have to yeah I give it a shot <laughs> and it's even with artists that I don't know if it comes recommended I'll give it a listen because that's how I am with music so this new Rob Zombie album I'm not gonna go out of my way to pre-order it, but that way, but you'll wait for it. to The yeah, I'll listen to
0: it. Yeah, give it a shot. Wait until they release half the album, you know. <laughs> which is gonna happen, I'm sure. Because again, we're still uh, where
1: we're at at this point in the podcast. So at this, you know, later on, by the time we actually reach this date, there could be seven <laughs> songs of the fifteen that's on there. We know how music is today.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's we, no
1: more waiting. Oh, a series is on Netflix. I'm gonna watch every fucking episode today <laughs> and be disappointed that season. Two. I had my nephew. All right, this is totally off topic, but I had my nephew. I forget the show we were talking about, but he found out he had to wait a year for the for next, the next season. season. Oh my god! And I'm like, dude, it's not my fault you watch the whole thing in two days. There was a point in time where seasons meant seasons. That if it came out in the beginning of summer, you got it finished by fall yeah because that's how they release the episode until yeah, summer again. yeah and you're only waiting six months <laughs> not my fault you decided to watch every episode in a fucking 24-hour time
0: period I did that with uh, the show glow on Netflix okay watch season one and two in like a week oh yeah I like, do that
1: fuck I do that with stranger things every time yeah. it pops on you know I,
0: yeah actually that's what we do when stranger things comes yeah. and opens up a new season we take off work and you're so sad watch that the whole thing here yeah yep. Yep.
1: yep but music I mean it's kind of going in the same route yeah <laughs> I listen listened to half this album already, so when I listen to it again, I already know the lyrics to half the fucking exactly. album. Exactly. It's waiting. familiar at this point. Yeah.
0: They're, they know what they're doing. Yeah. But going back to Rob Zombie for a second, I, like I mentioned before we even started the show, I think the thing that draws people to Rob Zombie is also kind of the same thing that draws people away from Rob Zombie is, at least the way I perceive it, it's almost like an exit from like normal life or yeah. exit from reality. Like, Rob Zombie takes you to this, like, cheesy 80's horror place. yeah there is like a
1: minor hypnosis throughout this yeah. music yeah
0: like honestly like if you put on like Sinister Urge or like Educated Horses or you know uh, any of them anything off Astro Creep a- exactly yeah. it just like it takes you to another place yeah it does it's just like you're in like a trance yeah almost like uh, in Beavis and Butthead do America when they're in the desert yeah and the white zombie songs playing and oh yeah yeah like, all yeah, like yeah. the rat fink characters and yeah. shit like that's pretty much what happens in <laughs> exactly. real life exactly <laughs> yeah, but
1: the music video, too, for the song is awesome because, again, like you're saying, it just puts you in this, like, you're just zoned out. Yeah, you're just I don't there. even know what I'm listening to half the time. I'm just like, this is, Rob Zombie, okay. Have you ever seen him live? No.
0: I have, and it's the same exact thing live.
1: And it's awesome?
0: Yeah, they do, like, the shit that's playing that music dull. video yeah. is, like, it's what's playing on, like, multiple screens throughout the stage. Wasn't he playing in
1: Airheads? Wasn't he the cameo appearance during the club scene with Chris Farley as the cop? Wasn't yes, that Rob Zombie I playing? Think so, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we lost... didn't mention that in cameos. I don't think when we talked about that, like Cannibal Corpse and Ace Ventura, and yeah, fucking singles. That's an honorable shout out from a previous time.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, what, that what season was that? One. Who knows? Two. Who okay, cares? Whatever. <laughs> it's, we're just putting it out there now. But um, yeah. I mean, you, Rob Zombie's just great. Yeah, and honestly, he's one of those artists. No matter what he puts out, I'm gonna listen to it. And chances are ninety fucking five percent of the time I'm going to enjoy it. Oh yeah, just like that.
1: Yep, totally agree. And what about you? were um, interesting since our uh, five minute intermission. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See what happens is we have like lists of shit we find interesting, and we just divulge it. Yeah. Um, this is something that you had had a minor, um, like a minor understanding of until you watched the full thing on YouTube, as I do, falling down the rabbit hole. Um. Phil Anselmo's uh, video series called Metal Grasshopper, yeah. where he takes—I uh, believe the dude's name is Dave—and he's trying to turn him into like a like a metal god. And like everyone, I mean, if you follow like metal shit on Instagram or Facebook, chances are you've seen the video of Phil Anselmo forcing the guy to smoke a cigarette and scream metal vocals in the middle of like a bayou or whatever that's only a small portion of the video oh yeah there's like way more to it like it starts off with them eating breakfast and like they're eating booberry and Count chocolate. yeah it's
1: it's great <laughs> it's just um, I, I guess Phil's just like one of those characters yeah right and like throughout this whole thing I remember when I saw the clip where he's trying to get the dude to smoke a cigarette before you he practices <laughs> yeah smoke it it's just, it's just a goofy, fun watch. I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize there were so many episodes, because like I said, I just saw a blip of it on yeah. a copy, <laughs> you know, pasted, you know, essential meme page. There's that
0: eight episodes in total, I believe, and the YouTube channel is called Gra- Metal Grasshopper. Yeah, it's great. And uh, the episode we're referring to is episode two. They're like quick, like 10 minute videos, but they're they're just really funny. And um, it's got fill in some of it, so you really can't be mad.
1: No, That's absolutely it. not.
0: He's always like every time he does something, it's like funny. Like outside of me like obviously like his music is meant to be like very uh intimidating and uh yeah. you know like very like meatheadish.
1: Yeah, watching him defend uh Count Chocula and Booberry <laughs> as being a tough cereal to eat in the morning is just
0: uh, I'm not It's
1: great I'm, satire. I'm
0: not a name dropper, but uh if you uh Does Avenge Sevenfold eat this? Get- no. Hell no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended you would even say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm disturbed that you'd even say that. (laughs) Thanks, King Diamond. Okay, King Diamond. See you later, King Diamond. (laughs) So good. (laughs) But yeah, that's my uh, new and interesting for this week. On this day in music history, on this date, February 1st, 1964.
1: The Beatles' I Want to Hold Your Hand hits number one in the U.S. as Beatlemania, of course, takes hold.
0: Not to be confused with Hulkamania.
1: <clears throat> yeah, we don't want you to be confused with that. <laughs> one of them was an absolute uh, trailblazer for the uh, <laughs> modern cult support. <clears throat> uh, yo, hold on. I got to bring this up because there was like, this comedy bit on um, Hulk Hogan was involved in a... Uh, a provocative video so to speak that got exposed. Um oh, the comedian okay. um who's talking about this uh Brian Posehn. He oh was God, talking he was about that the Hulk sex tape video. He was like that's one of those videos where it's like if you've watched everything in your life you'd still probably rather die before you see the Hulk Hulk Hogan sex video. But then they're talking about he says racial slurs during this and this exposed like that Hulk's like a racist. And he was like, I don't understand how people are so shocked. That guy's like the epitome of what a racist looks like. I mean, come on, the red and yellow, the, the handlebar mustache, you know, but he's like, yeah, I wind up watching this video and I'm hearing him say all these racial slurs. And I'm like, Hulk, you're not doing it right. That's not how you have sex. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: you should, but dude, I just—you have to listen to the bit on Brian, Brian Posehn talking about this whole Hogan sex video because this is just—I think we
0: have to go back to the source on this one. Oh, dude,
1: I'm, I'm, I'll play you the clip later, but it's just fucking hilarious. because <laughs> Brian Posehn has some great. Oh
0: no, no, I bits. mean like Pat, like where Brian Posehn got his like his source. Oh, it's like I, out there. I, I think I might have to try to find that video. Yeah,
1: that's, like, one of those, like, dark web finds at this point in time. You think I so? I would assume so, and that's probably one of those things that you search for, and the FBI pops up as a <laughs> notification, like, you sure you want to go this far,
0: bud? <laughs> I'm like, listen, I work at Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast. I am willing to go this far. We have
1: to do whatever we can to develop uh, criteria. I already know you're sitting
0: out front in your black suburban right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to watch this with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Hold your hand. Speaking of <laughs> sex videos, yeah. Uh, 1965, James Brown records Papa's Got a Brand New Bag at the Arthur Smith Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is Brown's first recording to feature Jimmy Nolan on guitar, who would become known for his distinctive chicken scratch lead guitar playing. I've never heard that terminology before, chicken scratch. I often refer to people's handwriting as Chicken Scratch, but well, I've know. never heard of guitar playing being Chicken Scratch. I mean, maybe I could think of a couple people.
1: But well, now you know. Yeah. Great song, too. Oh, yeah. Total hit. Uh, we're going to go down about 19 years later in 1984. The musical drama Footloose opens in theaters with the soundtrack featuring Kenny Loggins, Denise Williams, and the multi-talented Sammy Hagar. The Red Rocker. <laughs> I drive 55 on purpose because he can't. Two songs from the movie Footloose and Let's Hear It For The Boy go number one in America.
0: Wow. I'm trying to remember what Sammy Hagar song would have been on there. Well, it would have been from probably VOA. This is
1: something I expect you to know.
0: I've never... You're the
1: Sammy Hagar resident on this podcast.
0: No, no, no. no. Van Hagar resident. There's oh, a difference.
1: Oh, so okay. So you're not really into no, the solo. No, like, like,
0: like I know about like Montrose and shit. Because yeah. I think everyone does because Montrose is great. But like as far as like Hagar goes like solo, uh, solo act, I really only know VOA. Okay. But... So here's
1: something interesting for you to research afterwards. Yeah,
0: I'm going to have to look this up. All right. <laughs> uh, three years later, Journey Wrap Up, they're raised on the radio tour with a show in Anchorage, Alaska. It was their last tour with Steve Perry, who makes one more album with the band Trial by Fire in 1996.
1: The fact that Journey continued on without him is just kind of sad.
0: Well, dude, I mean, I've seen Journey live with, um, I forget the guy's name. Journey with, uh, fuck, yeah. The the Filipino guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, bro.
1: He's good. He can't fucking speak English. He's very good. he can fucking sound like Steve Perry. I know, he is very good. He's amazing. But... (sighs) I don't know. I'm, I'm really weird with these things and the artists that sound similar to carry on a band. I'm not a dirty fan to begin with. No, me But either. Steve Perry, I give him a lot of fucking credit because he was a very talented vocalist.
0: Extremely talented yeah. vocalist. And if you don't believe me, go check out We Are The World. Yes. You know, he, he's got a pretty good solo part in that song. Yes. So, in 17
1: years later, as we are approaching Super Bowl time here currently, 2004, Justin Timberlake... Uh, punctuates the Super Bowl halftime show by tearing a part of Janet Jackson's costume, obviously the famous uh, Nip Snip.
0: Nipplegate. The n- <laughs> yeah, Nipplegate. <laughs> revealing her
1: right breast to a massive audience that quickly reaches uh, for their TiVos for a replay, as wow. we know as a DVR. Jesus Christ, TiVos. Both artists blame it on a quote-unquote wardrobe malfunction, but while Jackson gets blacklisted, Timberlake is welcomed back by the music industry and the NFL after a series of apologies.
0: But by blacklisted, she got fucking removed from everything. 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 Well, which is
1: fucking crazy because, I mean, I don't want to get into the demographics of shit, but that has to play a fucking role into the acceptability of currently where the Jackson family was in terms of spotlight. Yes. Um, And it's funny, in 04, that is like considered PG to some of the shit you see on TV. The fact that WAP, and I'm going to keep bringing this up, can be a (laughs) number one fucking hit, but a nip slip during the fucking Super Bowl where 90% of your viewers probably love that shit because they're mostly blue-collar individuals drinking their Budweiser and need a little bit of something other
0: than... Who played the Super Bowl that year, do you know?
1: um, Hold on, actually. The 04 season... Well, that's the 2003 season. So, I want to say it was the Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, no, it was the uh Panthers and of course the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I was yeah, going to say okay. that probably had to be the For Patriots, it was, yeah.
1: Good Super Bowl, too. Well, cause um, I was
0: trying to think like, you know, I was trying to like channel like my inner NFL fan like Oh, I was just trying to sit here and watch my my Car- my Panthers, my Carolina Panthers, and I saw that that nipple on TV. I had to reach for my TiVo.
1: Yeah, it's I had to uh, rewind
0: because I wasn't sure what I saw. It's Lord Jesus.
1: It's very sad in the uh, differences of what a several viewers you know takes to be able to change the perspective on people of what's inappropriate and what's not. Yeah, I mean, you got moms now that are our age that's like the standard average household in like a 30 mid 30s year old parent mm-hmm. blasting and wop with their 4 year old daughter saying along to it certified like, 7 Christ, days Christ, a week dude unbelievable but yeah her getting blacklisted I thought was a catastrophe given that's the circumstances yeah yeah. Justin
0: Timberlake should have gotten blacklisted Absol- but,
1: but we yeah like I said demographic had to have played a
0: role in that stupid yep speaking of stupid 2016. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Speaking of stupid. In 2016, Skillet's 29, or 2009 track "Monster" goes double platinum with more than 2.6 million sales and streams, making it the biggest digital single in Christian music history. Yeah. Listen, I don't mind that song. I don't like Skillet as a band. Yeah. They have like a couple songs I can get down with, maybe. But the only reason I could get that with them is because I saw them live. I saw them at an MMRBQ. And
1: that makes a difference. Yeah. That is a huge factor. Dude, they put on
0: a fucking stage show that was like insane. Yeah. Like they like actually I think they came out to Monster and the fucking guitar players, one of them's a chick, by the way. The yeah, one, I know. The chick gets on the fucking platform, so does the other guitar player, the dude, and all of a sudden the platforms like rise up like twenty feet in the fucking air, and like they're playing it. It was like, what the fuck is going on? And then the fucking chick's playing drums and she's singing too. It, it, was a, it was a decent show. Actually, I think that might have been when me and Connor tried to pick up Chris Newman. Because Chris Newman was somehow sleeping in the pit. We're at, Susquehanna How does that Bank, happen? we're at Susquehanna Bank Center.
1: How does that even happen?
0: It's general admission for the first... Wait,
1: few, Susquehanna?
0: Yeah, Susquehanna Bank Center. Or, you know, BB&T now. Yeah,
1: tweeter. Yeah, a I'm tweeter. a tweeter guy. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer my tweeter.
0: For MMRBQ, the first three bands, or whatever, first four bands, depending on what year you go, it's general admission. You can go anywhere you want, sit wherever you want. But until those four, when those four bands are done, you have to go back to your
1: seat. This is weird, because the MMRBQ used to be held... No, no, that's the Let Freedom Rockfest. Never mind. The one that used to be free at Cooper River, that they wanted to move into the Wells Fargo Center. Okay, never mind.
0: So... We're in the pit. Because I'm like, well, fuck it. If it's general mission, we're gonna go up front. Like I wanna see fuel. I wanna see fucking uh yeah, I wanna see skillet up front, and I think what fucking been device maybe? I forget, but um, you know, that short lived uh short lived solo project of Derek Draymond from uh, Disturbed. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> so I think Fuel had played and like we crowd surfed Connor. And he went from, like, I bullshit you, uh, I shit you not, dude. We picked him up, and he went from the right side all the way to the left side, all the way back to the center, <laughs> then up to the stage. And they dropped him at the that's gate. That's awesome. Like, I remember watching him, and his fucking foot went up, and he fucking hit the gate.
1: That's awesome.
0: And the dude from Fuel fucking was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And like, uh, anyways, we were laughing about that. But then Skillet comes on, and I'm like, you know what, we're going to do this again. We're going to pick Chris Newman up. Where's Chris? We look behind us. He's sitting. How is that even possible? Dude, he's sitting on the floor at the barricade. that possible? Like his back's up against the barricade, like facing the stage, but he's sitting down sleeping. How is that possible?
1: I don't know. Did you ever have a conversation post-show about this? Like how he was able to even get to that point?
0: No, I was just sitting there like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, why are you sleeping? So
1: devastating.
0: I was like, I don't like skillet either, but I'm not going to sleep. That's disrespectful.
1: Yeah, I've seen some horrible bands open up for (laughs) the bands that I came to see, and I at least gave the satisfaction to keep my fucking eyes open and my respiratory system at an even (laughs) keel.
0: But, like, yeah, so we picked him up, and then some, like, old lady behind us was like, Put him down. Put him down. And, like, I turned around. I was like, You're at a fucking rock show. (laughs) And, like, I was, like, 16 or 17. So, like,. I had, like I didn't have a beard. My head was like uh, like a buzz cut, so like I looked like a little like fucking punk kid. Like you
1: would... had to ask your parents permission to even be there.
0: Exactly. And I'm like you're at a fucking rock show.
1: <laughs> like the most unintimidating voice, yeah. but in your head you sounded like corpse grinder. they oh, Like day.
0: in my mind it was like you're at a fucking rock show. <laughs>
1: yeah, like Phil Salmo and the yeah
0: end. exactly. <laughs> Sissy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so good.
0: But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps up here for on this day in music history. So, lead us into our topic, Steve.
1: In recent events, we've had several things happen this year that kind of expose some of our, I mean, for some people, their favorite artists, their most beloved artists. Some might not be so loved. And obviously what the the common denominator here is the controversy that surrounds these artists.
0: And we're only in the first few weeks. We're
1: only in the first few weeks. (laughs) So full disclosure... Obviously, you know, some of these artists will talk about there's underlying issues in regards to why their circumstances occurred, whether it be mental health issues, whether it be substance abuse, any type of psychological issues, whatever it may be. But we talk about a lot of artists and personally, some of our favorite artists have haunted pasts, haunted, you know, lifestyles that obviously either led to the absolute devastating point of their career or actually ultimately became their demise in terms of not being here anymore. So lack
0: of better terms, we're not making fun of people.
1: Yeah, this isn't even so much about that. This is just kind of exposing the idea of artists that careers have suffered as a result of personal conflict, basically. So the most recent events, and we can use this to stem into some of the artists who have had past occurrences that are most notable, um, two individuals in particular. We'll start with Iced Earth. Oh, yeah. And again, none of this is to say that I'm di- agreeing or disagreeing with the points of views of these individuals. This is just moments that have led, again, personal issues that affected their career and yes. what their ultimate goal is in producing music. Um, but John Schaefer of Iced Earth, founder of Iced Earth, mm. um, Iced Earth being a power metal band. I'm personally not a fan of Iced Earth. They're kind of one of those bands that... If they're on, someone's, like, listening to them because that's what they like. It's not horrible to a point where it's like, this sucks, like, I'll get it over with. It's just yeah. not my bag, I guess. Power metal is a really weird brand for me in terms of music, but he... Was videotaped at the Capitol. We all know what happened. Obviously, the yes. world knows. I don't even have to explain this to world listeners, which yeah. is sad because we've become the country to be looked at for the most indiscretion and nefarious We're the re- reality TV now. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I'm surprised
0: it's like our news coverage isn't on like MTV. It's yeah,
1: it's ridiculous. Um, it's even got to a point where people like on ESPN are talking about like I, I go to ESPN for my sports news and I got to listen to fucking prominent sports figures giving their goddamn opinions on political insight and it's just, whatever. But John Schaefer was videotaped as one of the members that got into the Capitol, obviously was part of the criminalistic behavior of what we mm-hmm. can consider domestic terrorism. He to hide look at Didn't try to hide himself, which, again, there's nothing to say that I'm agreeing or disagreeing. I don't like to put my own personal views out there, but for the simple fact to say, it fucked his
0: career. Oh, yeah. He
1: is now in the point of, we talk about blacklisted They're in They're trying a sense. to find him, actually. Yeah, I know. Well, because, I mean, that regardless of who you are, I mean, you stepped on governmental property in the midst of an absolute insurrection. I mean, it's just a matter of time, all those individuals. Yeah. Aside from John Schaefer, uh, how do I, There's I'm gonna, the old lady with the flag too. She was there. Oh yeah. Dangerous. <laughs> I love the meme. Is this the Crocker barrel gift shop? <laughs> um, but aside from that, also a, uh, presidential candidate, I guess I could say for this person, oh, it's yeah. also going through a lot of, uh, I don't want to say expected turmoil, but he is a figure of controversy and He's has been for quite going some time.
0: Through changes. <laughs>
1: but our, um, he was on the ballot. We know him as Kanye West. Yeezy. I don't even know where to start with Yeezus. this, so I'll let you give some explanation. And so, the
0: recent. all right, I'm gonna be real with everyone right here. I don't really know much about Kanye West. However, what I do know about him is from what my wife tells me because she watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, of course. So pretty much what I was able to gather by what she was telling me and what kind of mind-numbing shit is on E! Network. Um, Kanye West, obviously prominent figure in hip-hop and, you know mogul and all that other shit and always talked about himself in the third person. So there's always been some kind of like craziness behind him or at least maybe just like a little bit more like up his own ass type attitude. Yeah. Now from what I was able to gather is his mother had passed away while, while she was getting a Botox or, you know, some sort of like a cosmetic surgery that he had funded and it seems to be that after the death of his mother, like a switch like flipped in him, yeah, and he just kind of went fucking like just absolute haywire, and you know starting churches and running for president and the MAGA hats and yeah, just totally fucking, like, outlandish it, like, behavior like, that you couldn't rails. expect, yeah, yeah, and like you know I I enjoy you know music as much as the next guy and whatever but I also don't want my fucking hip hop artists being infused with you know presidential candidates and getting involved with shit that they really have no business getting involved with at all.
1: Well, this is where I come in to say that I'm a huge and firm believer to separate the artists themselves and their contributions to the music world away from their personal insight. However, Kanye and like a lot of the artists we're going to discuss their personal conflicts ultimately interfered with the quality of their art. I guess you could yes. say because college dropout before Kanye really took this weird spiral of just the egocentrism, the whole thing with Taylor Swift when he went on stage and ruined yeah. her fucking acceptance. I'm gonna speech. let you
0: finish. Like, and that was a time where didn't Taylor he go to Beck as well?
1: Yeah, and this is the thing about it, especially with the Taylor Swift thing, she wasn't nearly where she is now in the public no. limelight. And that was an opportunity for her to have that first big moment. And a girl her age, and anybody, regardless, when you reach that level of success, like it's surreal. And to have someone like him, who just notably puts him out there to be bigger than life, interrupt. That's the memory you're going to have. Now you're just yeah. part of somebody else's moment of bullshit as opposed to your own personal success. All because
0: some fucking jackass had to go suck Jay-Z's dick for a second.
1: It's unbelievable. That's and, really all that was. And the thing about it is, as time went on, then he came out with the Yeezy shoes and really put into this public concept where he's charging a surreal amount of money for a fucking bullshit piece of you know, footwear. If
0: and These yeah. shoes existed. Like back in the day, yeah, at Kmart, of course. And if you would have went were the to school,
1: spe- they were the they were the mountain shouting to Shack shoes <laughs> in Walmart. <laughs> and bro, like, we're if talking, you went to
0: school wearing them, you were getting made fun of.
1: Beat the fuck up, like,
0: flat the fuck out. Like, oh, you're poor. You're shopping at Kmart for your shoes. Like, yeah. I used you to play. Even go to would,
1: grew up playing on the courts all the time. People showing up even in all black Air Force crackhead boot shoes, basically that are crusty <laughs> as hell. But if you showed up with the Yeezys. You were getting picked last out of principle. Yeah. <laughs> like, this like, guy's not going to be able to. The kid
0: wearing vote. his Allen Iverson shoes got picked first. 100%. Or the, Wait, Allen Iverson shoes? Yo, even if you got Shaq, Shaq, shoes? Shaq
1: shoes? Oh, yeah, dude.
0: I had Shaq shoes. At you could have bought
1: slip on Skechers before the fucking Yeezys back in the day <laughs> you could and been
0: okay. Back when they were like $1.99 for a pair. It's
1: unbelievable. Now, this is, again, the turn of events of a figure becoming larger than the, I guess, field that they're in so to speak yeah because again it's just what bothers me about this is and we can also talk about the most recent controversial bullshit that's surrounding him now yeah. with jeffree star as well but i don't even want to get into that because that's it's been not, dispelled I don't, Jeffrey e- yeah, denied. I don't even want to like bring that up to the sense of just saying that he gets put into these weird positions of spotlight but never does he take it to a point where he runs with it. It's just this sparks up, and you don't see anything from him. You don't yep. see him coming out all crazy, talking the way he is, and you know the whole thing when he was running for president, Like he just be- became a meme for a very short period of time, but a concentrated short period of time where yeah. everybody talked about this, and then it just died. Now, this whole Jeffree Star thing happened, and it was just yeah. this big fucking thing for a moment, and then it just died. You know people are like looking for opportunities to like push Kanye into meme culture and I yeah. think it's hilarious because again other than college dropout none of his music to me has succeeded beyond that no. in terms of talent other than the fact that people with these Yeezy shoes
0: for instance just fucking listen for some reason <laughs> I'm actually waiting for uh Trey Stone and Matt uh yeah Trey Parker gay and Matt fish. Stone like, yeah, I'm waiting for another Kanye episode Love of South of gay Park. Gay fish.
1: Yeah, dude, it's got it's got to come because that was just a... I
0: I am not a gay fish. Hilarious.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like we can rattle off some artists. I can, you know, we'll narrow in on probably the ones that hit us the most in terms of if we lost them or their career just suffered as a result. So if um, you want to rattle off some,
0: um, let's see here. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say like went crazy or whatever, or you know, like went off the rails, but. There's definitely a point in this in this gentleman's career here, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, there seems to be like a point in time, probably around like 1996 or seven. Shit went down. Yeah, like he went from being like fucking like normal, like in interviews to on the Osbournes not being able to talk. Yeah, like and then. There was like a lapse in his career honestly for like a long time. Like you had Osmosis and then you had Black Rain that yeah. came out in 2008. Like you had a 10 year
1: You know who he parallels in a sense cuz he still goes on is like Eminem. Okay. Eminem had that weird mental break and it you know a lot yeah. of it attributes to drug use, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. But Eminem even had that weird lapse of his career where he was still making music, but something wasn't the same with the individual. Exactly. Like, Eminem went full Slim Shady. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He went, like, past Marshall Mathers, past Eminem, like, full Slim Shady, which was that immediate alter ego. Yep. Which is interesting, because again, Eminem always had that personality trait where you kind of expected
0: that. I think Relapse is like a total like like the biggest example Well, we disagree
1: that. with this a lot but Encore I think again was like that tipping point where his music became like I don't yeah. know how he found that acceptable considering the work he was putting out previously and it's the same thing oh, with yeah. Ozzy Osbourne to have that track record and the way they went artistically is just something happened
0: yes and I don't know what it is I mean obviously substance drug use yeah, yeah, would have to be the root not... of whatever happened and I mean, I think even till today, it kind of like fucks with him. Yeah. Like to an extent. I mean, like now he's like been sober for a long time, and um, he's got his health under control. But then he got diagnosed with the Parkinson's and all that other shit. But I feel like he never fully recovered. Yeah. And Ordinary Man is a prime example on how he didn't recover. The from Chinese that. democracy of the modern time. Well, apparently there's a new Ozzy Ozzy al- album being recorded. I don't know who it's with. I don't know who's on it, but I heard that there's a new Ozzy album. Oh my god. If this motherfucker don't feature Zach Wild this time, the Oz man's not gonna be coming here anymore. You're still gonna listen. I probably yeah, will. Yeah, we'll be full. Um I was like, fuck this Andrew Watt bullshit. Yo, Steve, did you hear Ordinary Man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening to goddamn song. I listened to the whole thing, it wasn't that good.
1: Because <laughs> we know it, it's gonna happen. Um I think also artists, too, if we're going to use like, because like Eminem and Ozzy kind of have the same trajectory in terms of the way their careers went. And uh, I think two artists, too, that remind me similar had the same issues arise where their career, not necessarily talent wise, suffered because it was just short lived in the sense of where they could have been, was Whitney Houston and Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Both of which, again, not all these are going to solely attribute to substance issues, but both of them
0: did. Had the opportunity to be absolute staples in pop culture. And the fucked up thing is that Whitney was on her way back. And the
1: same thing with Amy Winehouse, Mm -hmm. where she had the opportunity to get the help she needed, of which many people denied it, because we watched that documentary as well. Both of them, actually. Both documentaries we watched. Um, But yeah, those are two very successful artists that were in a prime position to be able, like you said, to just be the face and everything we know about pop culture during the 2000s, you know, the late 90s. And, again, it just shows you that level of instability that every person has and how quickly it can just be totally tarnished.
0: Yeah, and it just makes you think of, like, the what if. I know we had an episode about that already. Yeah. But it does make you wonder, like, you know, if Whitney didn't die. Yeah. Like, do you think... She would be like the you know like the residency in Vegas. She would have been like the by female
1: now. Michael Jackson. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, much. she was headed that direction. And that's the thing. The difference between this and that, like what if concept, is like not all these artists are dead. Yeah. You know, we mentioned Kanye. We can you know obviously bring up in the terms similar to Kanye, like Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus obviously trying to do that one eighty and kind of come back to a more casual atmosphere in terms of her artistic ability. Yeah. But. The thing with Whitney and Amy Winehouse is, I mean, they were that successful in that short period of time with the opportunity they had.
0: Amy's dad's got, I feel like, a real fucking asshole.
1: I really don't think he does. You don't think I so? I think he's more upset that he lost his fucking gravy train. Because after seeing the way he interfered with the ability for her to go to rehab, and the whole goddamn song is based on the support of her father to do the absolute wrong thing. Exactly. Who are you? What kind of fucking parent are you? Because his, Piece of shit, dude. You're not denying these tours like that you basically cut down the money tree instead of just picking the leaves like you wanted that now you wanted the six six now and you had no and the fact that it was his daughter that the tours and the money came first like it's not like it's a
0: Lou Perlman thing with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC like this is like business connection fucking dad
1: that's what I'm saying at the end of the day he can feel as bad as he wants but nothing will recoup the idea that not to say that what happened wouldn't have happened because I'm a firm believer in that everybody's life course has the opportunity to wind up in the same fate, regardless of who interfered. Yeah. But him personally, the fact that he has an immediate factor into what happened, no excuse.
0: Yeah, well, you Same know. thing with fucking Bobby Brown. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, that whole issue, too. I mean, because there was a lot of opportunities where she tried to get her shit together, and it's not to say, again, that he is the direct reason, but... That sole influence, you have to yeah. find some letter of guilt and
0: exception. Well, like, in the Clive Davis documentary, you see she's, like, a fucking, like, country girl, fucking, you know, like, yep. do-gooder, like, didn't even, like, really want to be a star. Yeah. And she met this fucking goofball, <laughs> the fucking, you know, performing sexual acts on stage in, in Georgia. What was it, $657? Six, 652 <laughs> 659 Something. You know, she meets this fucking goober, and then, um fucking basically spirals her life out of fucking total control. Yeah. But like I said, the sad part is, and it's what differ it's what differs with the Amy Winehouse one, is that she turned her life around. Yeah. Like, she quit smoking cigarettes, she fucking quit drugs, she quit everything. Like she was on her fucking way back. Yeah. And then it was that one time.
1: A good example of somebody that was able to flip it and put it in the right trajectory and be able to at least have a sustainable career to this day is Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Another one involved in substance abuse. But, I mean, obviously the book Scar Tissue gives you the real in-depth perception of his personal circumstances during the Mm -hmm. time with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, I mean, there was a point in time where he was kicked out of the band before they even got started because, I mean, he lived like any other drug addict you would see out in the streets. Like, one point in time, he had a guitar signed by Eric Clapton, I believe a Strat. What? And he was very sick and couldn't get to a pawn shop. It was late. He sold this thing to a drug dealer who had no idea who Eric Clapton was and just gave him like bare minimum amount. And I can't tell you exactly, but it was dirt cheap, like absolute, like pennies compared to what he could have got for it just because of how desperate he was in that circumstance. Yeah, That's where his life led him. And now to this day, I mean, all these guys claim that they're sober and I give them the benefit of the doubt, but just knowing personally how hard it is to stay sober, it's... The possibility always remains. Yeah. But Anthony Kiedis managed to sustain himself, to flip back, to get right, and be able to continue on and tour and be a part of the Red Hot Chili Peppers of what we know today. Yeah. You know his legacy is not going to go down as the artist that could have been something. You know, and he's a prime example of all these artists that have the opportunity, and it depends on the right circumstances of how they can get better.
0: Yeah. Now, basically going off that same thing, I know I said it last episode. And uh, here we go again. This is how we can tie in Van Halen to everything. Of course, I knew this was coming.
1: surprised <laughs> um, you held off this
0: long. Actually, honest to God, I completely fucking forgot about it until you said, like, you know, basically, Anthony this is a junkie. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> um,
1: it's always good when the word junkie is a trigger. In fact, it's else. Yeah, right. Else.
0: <laughs> Speech, and you know. I hate to compare him to that because, you know, he's, he's dead and he can't defend himself, whatever. But if you follow the history of Eddie Van Halen, you, you it's know. It's no secret. Yeah, it's and that's no what secret. I'm saying. Like, If no you type po- in Eddie Van Halen on Google, that, that's like the first Yo, picture that shows up. this is up. the
1: whole point of this is like, again, a lot of this is mental health issues to the yes. point of a lot of them was substance abuse. That was that immediate factor of what you assume is the reason, right? Mm-hmm. But again, this is coming not only from the personal empathy, but understanding that you need to normalize the idea that of a lot of our fucking heroes... Mm-hmm. were on drugs yep. simple as that and also because of the demise and the way they acted and the you know, again the limitation in their creativity later on in life it's just amazing to know that they lived like, like again you watch shows like Intervention you see people out there that are just fucked up asking for change that some of our artists live like that for quite a period of time yeah you know
0: Now, in the late 90s through till like 2007-ish, 5, 7, something like that, um, Eddie Van Halen was on a trajectory path to absolute demise. um, With his cancer diagnosis and him beating cancer and the Van Halen 3 thing and... Like I said, if you type in Eddie Van Halen on Google, maybe not now because he's dead, but if you type in Eddie Van Halen on Google like maybe like six months ago, you, you're you going to see that iconic picture of him missing teeth oh, with yeah. scraggly ass horrible. hair, looked like a fucking crackhead. But it's Eddie Van Halen. Well, he Halen. lost his
1: mind and then obviously created one of the most, God, I hate that it's a hit. What? Jump. Oh, that yeah. That was during a pit of his, like he was really becoming detached
0: oh yeah well that's the thing after um I believe it was after the recording of Fair Warning he made his own studio at his house and that's where all the subsequent Van Halen records were made um he basically just became detached from society you know like that's where he stayed that's what he did that's all he did you know and now that he's dead and all the stories are coming out you can just like now you know that he was just really into his fucking music and that eventually just led to him you know He claims that the cancer in his mouth was caused from all of the speakers and all the other shit. The pick. The metal pick in his mouth and it gave cancer in his tongue, whatever. Um, But he literally went fucking crazy. Like, I don't know if you read the story. Maybe I sent it to you. Uh, There was at one point where he was contacted by Fred Durst to join Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah, he brought this up the, the, briefly. As, yeah, as as Fred Bur- Durst had uh, Fred Burst, as Fred Durst had explained it, the great Stan guitar- Marsh more like Stan Durst, <laughs> <laughs> Fred Burst. <laughs> um, oh god, that's so funny! That's <laughs> great. Um, the greatest guitarist in the world with the shittiest band in the world is what Fred had said. Now, (laughs) Eddie had brought, like, gear to, like, a house where Limp Biscuit was recording or practicing or something, and Eddie went home, and he went back, or, like, he tried to contact Fred to, like, get, you know, like, hey, when are you going to be at the house and get my stuff back or whatever, and for a couple days, like, Fred Durst didn't answer the phone, so Eddie Van Halen drove an assault vehicle that he bought at a military auction.
1: To Fred's house?
0: To Fred Durst's house, parked it on the front lawn. Like, we're talking an assault vehicle that has, like, a turret gun on the roof. Jesus Took the turret gun, pointing it towards towards the house. Eddie Van Halen gets out of the fucking assault vehicle wearing boots with no laces and duct tape around them. Like, those, like, samurai-type <laughs> shorts that are, like, bunched up. His hair in a fucking samurai bun. Oh,
1: my God, With dude. a camo
0: jacket, no shirt on underneath.
1: And he was dead-ass serious about this.
0: Dead-ass walks up the, the fucking door, puts a gun in Fred Durst's face, and says give me my fucking shit back (laughs) oh my god like what sane individual does something like this i know
1: and this reminds me too of i mean just the potential of that moment of you know how long and how did it get to this point but also in recent memory pat (laughs) o'brien guitarist from cannibal corpse i
0: believe we i believe we talked about this briefly on one episode this is just
1: it's one of those things and i love this is why i love meme culture because Mm -hmm. it's Bad as shit gets, you can stew in it and be so upset, and then you just get the memes of the same context about the same issue, and it kind of gives you that. I'd rather live in ignorance than have an absolute depressive view on the world to a point where it yes. affects, because we're all going to die. This is just an inevitable thought process, and while I'm here, I'd like to enjoy some things. Yeah, I'm not going to be completely ignorant to the fact of what's happening to where I just live in total bliss i mean because that's it's not gonna happen it would be sweet but the pat o'brien thing was so funny because if you listen to cannibal corpse this man was living those fucking songs i mean they found yeah. skulls in his basement the amount of assault weapons that they found like this guy murdered people and was going out there <laughs> full blown on tour and just doing things and,
0: and then didn't he get caught because he was at his neighbor's house with a flame flamethrower. Flame
1: thr- no, I think he had a gun and like Molotov caught something was up. I know
0: there was something with a flamethrower. He was causing a
1: fucking scene, put it that way, that led to him being exposed for the could amount you, of.
0: Could you like I always get the picture. I mean, I've never seen his neighborhood, yeah. but I always get like the Edward Scissorhands type neighborhood. Cookie cutter, yeah. like very plastic and, like, looking suburb. House, like looks normal. And then he comes walking out with a fucking fly. Yeah,
1: but inside it looks like the house of fucking, like, Ed Gein with, like, skin. Looks like fucking, the Firefly house. Yeah, yeah. I just, and the thing with Pat O'Brien is because is he's not one of those limelight figures, but he still hit a decent amount of mainstream news just because oh, yeah. of how fucking crazy it was for this guy. And the band he's a part of made it that much more enjoyable in the sense of <laughs> meme culture because it's like, Well, if you listen to their music, I mean, this was kind of like a possibility. It's like when the rappers go out there and pretty much say, like, yo, I put two in this fucking
0: like, And they're
1: basically telling about the people that they murdered. Um, (laughs) But the Cannibal Corpse songs are so outlandish, so for all these things to be, you know, discovered about Pat What was the meme... It was like, uh, how did you not know that this would happen? And it showed like a Spotify playlist of Cannibal Corpse songs. And it was like, Hammer, Snash, Face. And then track two was like, I have skulls in my basement, I promise you. And then the third <laughs> song was like, you know, Fucked with a Knife. And then the fourth song was like, I swear to God, I have assault weapons. Like, you should arrest me. And it's just, it's perfect. It's so um, funny. And then obviously, like, we I brought up like Britney Spears, Spears, who is currently in the spotlight as well because of the living circumstances she has. Basically, her father has like total control of her estate and everything, her physical mm-hmm. and mental health. And she's been posting like some weird, like someone compared it to like the strippers in GTA, the way they dance.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, she's been posting some strange fucking videos, and she's another one where her career, man. I mean, she was larger than
0: life. She had it all during
1: the Backstreet Boys and Sync era. She was another one of those figures of. Like I, th- I use Michael Jackson as like the pedestal because an individual in his own right being able to create that amount of music and be that acceptable to the entire world. Yep. Britney Spears had that.
0: She had that and then more. Oh yeah. Like she she was beyond a household name. Like she was fucking lunchboxes and shit. Oh yeah. Like she was lunchboxes. She was everything. Surfaces, she was everything. Backpacks. Everything. Like Britney Spears, you name it. I'm pretty sure I still have a pair of Britney Spears underwear that I wear from time to time.
1: Oh, we don't judge here at Rage Against
0: Me. Right? It's fine. Yeah, I'm cool. Right them. next to my Kanye uh, Yeezys socks.
1: You got Yeezy socks?
0: Spent $500 on them bad boys. Damn,
1: if you would have got them 10 years ago, they would have, what, $2.99 <laughs> at the old yeah,
0: Kmart? <laughs> used to be able to get them in, in a bag of 10 pairs at Kmart. Stock 10, up on your Yeezys now
1: for the increase in inflation value is going <laughs> to be quite substantial.
0: Well, it's almost like you were saying before with, like, the champion hoodies Dude, I'll shit. never
1: forget that. When the dude looked at my hoodie, he's like, oh, nice hoodie, and I'm like... I this thing at Kmart for like nine
0: ninety <laughs> nine. When did this become a thing? Yo,
1: that hoodie was so fucking old too, but apparently it held up its value.
0: Vintage, vintage uh, champion hoodie. I
1: couldn't believe it.
0: Should have kept it. It'd probably be worth a couple grand. You know one.
1: how many times I slept in that thing like for weeks due to my circumstances, so to speak? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that thing smelled like Pat O'Brien's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. No amount of cologne could have stepped into the fabric of that thing to wither out the stench. You
0: could have left at the Febreze factory. 100%.
1: Nothing would have done anything.
0: They use that as the test for Febreze. That would
1: have been like a dog that needs to be put down. They would have just told me, sir, there's nothing we can do.
0: Yeah, but some asshole still would have paid like $200. 100%. It. That was the weirdest thing about <laughs> it. When
1: the guy pointed this out, I looked at my hoodie. I couldn't remember which one I was wearing. I was like, thank you? You're
0: like, how much can I get for this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> unbelievable
0: um, <laughs> um another one is Mariah Carey
1: yeah one of your uh, beloved christmas
0: artists yeah well i don't really know specifics on what happened but i do know somewhere around the 2000s maybe like during like confessions of mimi maybe somewhere around that album cycle era she had begun a uh relationship with uh the one and only Marshall Mathers. Okay, yep. And uh um, do recall it, this was pre-Nick Cannon, and like apparently she became like a fucking full blown alcoholic. Yes. And um if you listen to what's the there's an Eminem diss track called like The Call or something, I believe it is, and he just like dishes out everything and just like like she's fucking kooky actually uh bagpipes from baghdad on relapse the the first line is locked in mariah's wine cellar all i've had for lunch was bread wine more red wine and captain crunch yeah, yeah, yeah. Bread, wine for breakfast and for lunch yeah <laughs> in between to soak it up snack crackers to munch um Mariah, why did we have to break up? All I asked for was a glass of punch. You know, I never really asked for much. And the was inter- just like what
1: I was going to say. The interesting thing in those times, there was like a lot of controversy with those artists during the 2000s, and especially in terms of relationships. Oh, and yeah. Eminem was always on the forefront. Like, if you got involved with Eminem, there was like a 90 percent chance you were going to get caught up in some controversy. <laughs> it was like inevitable.
0: So I don't know if if Eminem is directly responsible. I wouldn't say that because I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm an outsider looking in and I don't really know much about the situation. But from the outsider looking in and seeing it, there's probably a good chance, you know, because of his past, that there was probably some form of an influence like a Bobby Brown to Whitney Houston type of situation, except she was already on the path of destruction. That's what I was saying. Is she the Bobby she's Brown? Never, she's never recovered. She's the Bobby Brown? Yeah. <laughs> Eminem made a full one eighty. Actually, that motherfucker went seven twenty. Yeah. No, uh we'll, 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 it wouldn't be seven twenty. It would be 480. four eighty. Five yeah, five forty. Yeah. He did a five forty. We know
1: math here at Rage. We Activator. math very good we here. math good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he Love did, the maths.
0: He fucking went around and then back around again. Yeah, he did. And she just stayed. You know, stagnant. Yeah. And then the Nick Cannon shit happened.
1: Oh, yeah. forgot about all that, yeah. too. Jesus
0: She She's, like, beat him up and all kinds of crazy shit.
1: Yeah. Total Bobby Brown the fuck Nick out Cannon of Nick up. Cannon. Yeah, Nick Cannon, dude. You just stick with your... Uh,
0: what the hell's the name of that show? Wiling out. God damn it. Yeah, but here's the fucking thing, too, which is goofy with fucking Nick Cannon's goofy ass. He fucking saw Eminem fucking rip Machine Gun Kelly completely out of the fucking rap game. Completely. Motherfucker yeah. made a pop punk album. Nick Cannon's kind of like, I'll come at Eminem. I, yeah, you I, ever I can write that? a diss track. I can write a diss track. And it's like, are you I f- was going to say, did
1: Eminem like totally destroy MGK's like rap ambitions? Yeah. Like su- like subconsciously, he may justify that he just wanted I'm to change sure direction. he said but... it in
0: an interview that he said Eminem ruined his rap career. Really? Yeah. If you search up on Google, I'm pretty sure it's a thing. That's impressive.
1: At Eminem's age, the fact that he still is able to go out there and put you in your fucking place.
0: Well, if you haven't listened to Killshot yet, I suggest giving it a shot. Absolutely. And then listen to MGK's fucking Rap Devil, which I don't think can hold a candle to Killshot by any means. I mean,
1: you could call us old-fashioned, but in terms of the most recent events of any hip-hop disputes that gained the most notoriety simply because Eminem will always go down, arguably, as one of the best battle rappers of our lifetime. Yep. Freestyling and ability.
0: I also read an interview that Snoop Dogg doesn't even put Eminem in his top 10.
1: I don't doubt that. Because, I mean, Snoop, Snoop to me has a very... I don't want to say elitist view, but he has more of a controversial view in terms of trying to eliminate the typical figures you would have in a top hip-hop sense. Yeah. But the thing about it is I wouldn't disagree with it because there are so many artists that I could put in the top 10 that at some point in time, just depending on my
0: efforts, I guess, yeah. at that
1: point and who I'm listening to, could rotate substantially.
0: But yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into an Eminem conversation. No, neither do I. But, but I'm, yeah, I mean, just
1: it's, it's just interesting in terms of artists and their careers that they've headed... Um, to kind of like end it, I guess, if you want to say the only thing I'm going to say that was probably the most devastating in terms of career paths that went down just a very dark road. I mean, you could do the whole entire 90 scene other than Eddie Vedder. Yeah. And currently Dave Grohl, which he didn't have the same respects as, you know, Kurt Lane, yeah. uh, Chris, Andy Wood. Any mm-hmm. of them, um, Lane Staley's, I think to me is like the most depressing. Yeah, I think Wade Staley just had the darkest. Uh, I wouldn't say darkest like end, but his road to demise was just so.
0: Bro, depressing. he was dead for two weeks before they. Found- I know that's
1: what I was saying, and like you know him being in those bars, and they said he looked like he was like ninety pounds, soaking wet, and mm-hmm. he's just with the sunglasses on, just drinking and just being such a lonely, isolated individual, it's just amazing to think, because everybody has a perception when they're a kid of the artist that they fall in love with. And then when Mm -hmm. they get older, they realize that their lifestyles may have been very controversial. And also the self-title. I think the self-title is just, it's like the perfect album to really put a stamp on where he personally was headed in his life, because how Mm -hmm. dark that fucking album is.
0: Now, the thing with Lane Staley is, and I think the part that's most sad about it all is his decline is like 100% documented. Yeah. Like, you look at any promotional pictures from facelift on, like, you can literally see in, like, every fucking picture there's a steady decline in his physical health and mental health. And, I mean, the fact that if anyone has ever listened to the Alice in Chains Live album, just Alice in Chains Live is what it's called, if you listen to that, you can just hear. Like, he was on a path to, like, nothingness. Like, that. Like that's the saddest part is, you know... And it's been said before, like, you can lead a horse to water where you can't make a drink. You can't force someone to, you know, get help or anything like that unless they want to. You can try as hard as you want, but until they... Until they accept it, and until they want to do it, it's just you're pissing in the wind. And I just feel like Lane Staley was too far gone, and there was just there was really nothing anybody can do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even to the, the like the last meeting he had with Mike Starr, like Mike Starr didn't want to end his friendship with Lane Staley with him not talking to him for calling the cops or you know calling an ambulance. He knew that he was going to die. Yeah. But he didn't want to end it the way that. You know, it would have. That's
1: what I'm saying with a lot of those bands, because it's even with like parallel with Scott Weiland, that when mm-hmm. drugs become such an interfering factor with the other members of the band, sometimes you have the bands, I mean, like Allman Brothers, for instance, yep. um, even with Mad Season, all the guys in there, like where they're all kind of in the same boat of what they're doing, and then some get help and some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, like Allison Chains, for instance. Uh, you know, obviously Stone Temple Pilots, then you have that interference where one individual just can't get right. Yeah. And then you're stuck in this really fucking controversial pit of like what's best for the band, but what's best for my friendship with this individual and it makes it difficult as hell.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess before we kind of wrap this up, maybe like another honorable mention for this would be like Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys.
1: Brian Wilson is very, you know, yeah. getting
0: involved with the Mansons and shit like that and, it was just fucking crazy. Yeah. And, like, we're talking about a dude, you know, this would be, like, the equivalent of, like, Paul McCartney getting fucking wrapped up in some crazy shit and, like, losing his mind. Yeah. I mean, George Harrison kind of did, but it's not to the extent of Brian Wilson.
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, two honorable mentions as well, because I just thought of this one. Uh, Bradley Noel from sublime as well Um, but another one that I really thought of is because I always use this as the understanding of just like how much you don't know about somebody Bradley Delp the singer from Boston you listen to Boston it's just upbeat great happy like I'm down like peace of mind for instance more than a feeling like all these songs committed suicide
0: 2007
1: and when I say that is because again you don't know a lot of shit that happens with these artists, and the story behind his suicide is not only the trouble he was having financially after Boston, but he also got caught in this huge controversy where his fiance's sister was living with Bradley Delp. Hmm. Bradley Delp had installed, I guess, a hidden camera in her room and was like watching her and shit, and they got found out. Yeah. So apparently, the girl's boyfriend confronted Bradley like, "You have to admit this to your fiance. Like, we need to like and." shortly after he committed suicide before it ever came to light of like what he was doing. So it was like a contributing factor to just, and it's just amazing because again, that's where it differs in the music you listen to. Some of the artists really parallel their emotions and Mm -hmm. others kind of like have a totally different spin on it. And yep. any, like I said, anytime I listen to Boston, I have to remind myself, like, this dude committed suicide. It's kind of fucking dark and, like, puts you in a really pessimistic state at times. But this yep. is where I try to say I separate the artists and their personal issues with the music that I'm listening to so I can still enjoy it, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. So, what do you think? Is there people that we should have brought up that we didn't? Get at us on our social <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh that's great. We're yeah, we're trying to bring this back into a lighter sense here. Yeah. Uh, we don't
1: want to be totally sad.
0: Eventually we we do have to doom and gloom on you guys every once in a while. The, have to. the world isn't full of rainbows and unicorns and farting out fireworks. This is real shit here on Region's mainstream podcast. <laughs> if you want to get real, follow us on our social media accounts, Facebook.com slash R A T M podcast. Instagram and Twitter at Podcast, And if you don't agree with us and uh, you don't want to be real or you want to be too real for social media, you can contact us at podcast at gmail.com. But that kind of concludes this topic for today. Let's roll into our suggestions. My suggestion for this week is the album Decimate the Week from the band Winds of Plague.
1: Is that uh? A- Art Cruz,
0: yeah, okay. That's Art Cruz's old band. Uh, The song is "Angels of Debauchery." Uh, It's got it's it's deathcore, but it's um, it's got like symphonic vibes to it, and it's just it's cool. It's like it's like a progressive symphonic deathcore. I think that's probably the. That's correct. a good, yeah, that, expansive
1: brand to lay on that. That's about what I got out of it, too.
0: You know, it's not it's not like your suicide, silence, or job for a cowboy. It's definitely interesting, and it, you know, kind of keeps you on your toes while you're listening to it, of course, with the occasional or multiple breakdowns for your gent goodness or whatever. Um, yeah, so.
1: And also, if you're a fan of Lamb of God, who we mention on the show quite a bit, you get a more expansive view on the talents of the current drummer. Who? What? Who? who? Who?
0: Who? Who do we talk about all the time? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. <laughs>
1: this one worth mentioning with Lamb of God, yeah. but yeah, you get a more expansive understanding of the talents of Art Crews, which was uh, I like that a lot when you get into an artist and you get to see their other projects and you kind of oh, get yeah. to hear them from a different perspective. Exactly. Very good. But um, um,
0: yeah, Angels of the Debauchery from Winds of Plague on the album Decimate the Week. Nice. The title uh, track's pretty good as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What you showed me was pretty good. Was that the song that you recommended, to?
0: No, they have a song called Decimate the Week. It's just like... What was the song you were playing earlier?
1: Huh? What was the song you were playing earlier?
0: Angels of Debauchery. Okay, okay. I'll show you Decimate the Week. It's cool. All
1: right, so I was just double-checking to make sure I didn't recommend this, and I'm kind of surprised I didn't. Um, But the album is from 94. It's called When the Kite String Pops by the band Acid Bath. Very underrated. I put this band up there with, like, a doom groove metal in the sense of, like, Pantera... Um, very Pantera, I guess I could say is the best way to relate it to the track. I'm going to recommend is called Tranquilized, and the album cover is just really cool. I think too. Yeah, yeah, the album. I like the album cover for it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> but it's band—it's one of those underground bands that I found in the rabbit hole of rate your music and listen to them, and it's a fucking quality album. I like
0: when you send me these bands. I do listen to them.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this song because you're gonna like this fucking song, and tell me it doesn't remind you of like Pantera in a way. I guess. <laughs>
0: Well, the group uh, suggestion. Yeah, I and mean, I'm su- surprised
1: we haven't recommended this. It's you gotta lose your watch.
0: mind in Detroit Rock City. You do. Um, our group suggestion for this week is the 1999 Adam Rifkin directed film, Detroit Rock City.
1: Very quality watch. It's oh, yeah. just a fun movie. I mean, if you're a fan of just like airheads, dazed mm-hmm. and confused, this is just a good, fun. Music related. Yeah, it's just a good movie.
0: And you know, anything that involves Kiss is a good time for me.
1: Pun intended. I guess, yeah. Could be pun intended. Pretty sure that song's played in there somewhere with the 80s air metal. What? Ain't nothing but a good time. I thought you were just trying to use the concept of the era that it's produced in.
0: Oh, no, no. I was like, I was making a literal interpretation. True. That Kiss is in Detroit Rock City. Kiss with the makeup, though. Yeah, kiss with the yeah, makeup. Yeah. Kiss with makeup. <laughs> there's only one kiss for me. There is it's, only it's, one kiss. There's got to be makeup involved. Need the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So, that wraps it up for this week. This is another episode of Raging the Mainstream Podcast for the books. If you like, you can reach us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at RATMPodcast, Facebook.com slash RATMPodcast, RATMPodcast.Wixsite.com slash podcast, And as always, you can hit us up on our email podcast at gmail.com. But that's it for this week. This is Regius Main Street signing off. Another one for the books. As always, it's been a pleasure. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.